Well, good morning, everybody. We're GFBS on a Friday. Carrie Longmire and Adam Martin on the show today to talk about the F5 Project of North Dakota. Second Chance Employment really is what it's all about. We're going to be talking with them. Uh, got some great stuff. Going to be an awesome show. Today's show, by the way, brought to you by Duso Photography. Takes all kinds of cool pictures, Bob Duso does. Senior portraits. You might even actually have time to get those done. He does family portraits, business headshots for your cards, your advertising. Even have your own background in the picture. Corporate pics, your products, your food. You want to find out pricing and information? Go to dosophoto.com. You know what? You can see the Duso Photography Wall of Fame in the studios here of GFBS. Come and check them out. The Mark Dobmeyer metal picture is freaking cool. You want to look the best? Duso Photography can do just that for you. Go to dosophoto.com or call them up 218 230 4325. Thanks to Duso Photography. If you have any questions today for Carrie or Adam, our phone number is 701-213-0863. Well, before we get rolling, time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. And here we go. A deer hunter asked his pastor if it was a sin to hunt on Sunday. Well, from what I hear about your aim, said the pastor, it's a sin for you to hunt anytime. Come on, deer hunting starts today in North Dakota. That was all right, wasn't it? No, that was terrible. That was so dumb. <laughs> it wasn't even funny. Uh, you should see some of the guys I've hunted with. You'd probably get it. Um, here we go. Carrie Longmire, Adam Martin, welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Uh, you. Want to hear a little bit about yourself first. Uh, Adam, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, I'm an Army brat. Mom and dad met in treatment, so I was pretty much screwed from the start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, in and out of uh, juvenile detention, jails, uh, and even prior to that, foster homes. Dad left when I was 13. Not the reason I am, you know, mm-hmm. my mom did a really good job. Uh, so, But I was a product of the system. I was on probation from the time I was 13 until I was 31. Wow. Uh, and it just seemed like every time I was about to get off, I'd do something dumb, make a bad decision, whatever, and get put back on. Uh, so uh, right around the time I was 31, I sobered up and stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs, and uh, started focusing on being a dad. Mm-hmm. And things just started falling in place, and I became pretty successful in tech, uh, you know, tech sales mm-hmm. and got asked to speak at this uh, event with like 900 professionals in Fargo at it. And my life changed from that day forward on uh, focusing on people who were like me, mm-hmm. coming back to our communities from prison, jail, treatments, detoxes, homeless shelters, uh, and helping them get a hand up and and have a life like I do. Wow, that was kind of a rough start to start the show, but I, I like the way that ended. I'm like, holy smokes, I never should have asked you, but and we're going to get to more of this. Uh, Carrie Longmire, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I uh, own Longmire Staffing Services. Um, we are a staffing and human resources consulting type firm, uh, working in staffing for... Um, uh, primarily agriculture companies mm-hmm. uh, in Grand Forks here. Um, been in human resources for many, many years. Don't want to age myself too much. Mm-hmm. Um, long time. Um, so, and, and, and tell us what you guys have teamed up together to form. What is the, the F5 project of North Dakota, uh, Second Chance Employment? Tell us, what, what is this? What does it do? So... 
FI Project is obviously it's a sole entity. We're partnering with Longmire Staffing because, uh, in my opinion, you know, for me, when I got successful, there was three major factors. One was housing, right, having a safe place to go to uh, and not going back to the trap houses, not going back to sometimes even family situations, mm-hmm. you know, go somewhere safe. Uh, and then number two was employment. And I can guarantee you if, if the, you know, High Point Networks, when they hired me, knowing I was a felon, knowing I didn't have a license, knowing I didn't have a car, they hired me as an outside sales rep, right? And I didn't have any of those things. So I didn't know who was crazier, me or them, mm-hmm. right? I kind of felt like I was the token, like, let's just see, you know, how this works out and we'll have a little laugh. Uh, but because of that, like, second chance that they gave me and that uh, the grace and the opportunity and all that, uh, I did uh, more sales in my first year than most of the account managers did in their first year combined. Wow. Right. And I did it all with a phone. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was just a hustler. Right. And I had learned all those skills and trades prior to even getting into the tech field from like, you know, and I'm not proud of it, but selling drugs, selling stolen collar parts, you know, like you learn to network, you learn to like uh, not take no for an answer you mm-hmm. know, and just mm-hmm. hustle. Uh, and so four years later, you know, I'm buying a house, I'm buying a car or, you know, another car. I've got my kids back. I'm, man- I'm helping manage the sales team. Like it was just completely changed. So it started with housing, which FI Project is, and then it went into employment right away. And that's why Carrie and I are teaming up so that we can replicate that. Now, Carrie, are there a lot of people that share Adam's story that you talk to, I mean, uh, maybe you're just coming out of a prison, maybe you're coming out of treatment or, or whatever, but do they, they come and they just say, I don't even know where to start. What should I do? Yeah. I mean, I think with job searching for anybody, it's, it's tough, you know, when you're trying to find that, you know, your, your dream job, so mm-hmm. to speak. But I think then adding on top of that, you know, that they have this criminal record or, you know, different things like that, that's holding them back. You know, employers are looking at their application and going, let's see, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because really the, the, there's, there's, you know, not, it's not any more likely that they're going to, you know, be let go for misconduct or anything like that, you know? And so I think that's the portion of, uh, why we started this is to try to help stop the stigma uh, related to that. You know, people, you know, make mistakes in life. You mm-hmm. know? All people make mistakes. I mean, I'm sure anyone, whether they have a criminal conviction or not, can look back and be like, oh, goodness, sure. I shouldn't have done that, you know. Um, but, you know, these people are being held back by something that may have happened even four years ago, five years ago, you know. And, and how do you restart your life and have a successful life if you can't take care of yourself. Well, you, know? you say, you know, three, four, five years ago, well, a felony, you know, I, I don't think ever goes off your record. But the thing is, it, you'll look at a lot of job applications uh, and it'll say, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Well, the thing is, is a felony is such a broad thing because there are felonies out there that are not violent crimes. Uh, there, you, you were, you did wrong. Right. Um, and, and, and I do agree I would say 99% of people deserve a second chance. I got a second chance. You got a second chance. Now, if if somebody was to reach out to you and say, I'm looking for some work, I need, or I need people to work for me. Now, do do these people that that you would set them up with, uh, do they have like a, like a trial period or, or, you know, a probation period to work with these people to see if they're going to work or, or how does that work? 
Yeah, so the way that we're going to do it is uh, we're going to take like all the risk on, right? So Carrie's going to handle, you know, the payroll, the taxes, the insurances, stuff like that. Because the big thing for most employers is that they don't want to take that. Like, what if I hire this guy and he does something wrong or he doesn't show up to work or whatever, right? They immediately assume the worst when they look at people with felony backgrounds, Mm -hmm. right? Which isn't the case with people with degrees. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you from my experience that I've, I've had more trouble with people with degrees than I have with people with felony convictions. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's been the same thing. Like, me getting into housing, me getting into employment services, I've seen, like, there's out in the world, it's like, you know, felons are bad. You know, the internet will just tear a person down. You can can look at any media outlet and look at the comments and see how rough they're going to be on that person. Mm -hmm. One thing, that digital footprint lives forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no justice system that's like, uh, at least with the justice system and criminal records and stuff, there's like checks and balances with it, right? You don't have like the governor posting mugshots and like going after, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the media, there's no checks and balances with it. So you could, you know, a lot of times I see guys get posted about a crime, like let's say it was attempted murder or something. Mm-hmm. For instance, in Horace, that guy got charged with murder and then it came out later that uh, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, his still on, Too late. His, his face is still on the front page of the paper. Yep, yep. Right? They didn't make an edit to that. You can't make an edit to that. You can do a little bit on the internet, but it lives forever. Yep. Screenshots, whatever. So anyways, like that's what they're combating with when, you know, they're going and apply for a job. So it's no wonder that they're just like, I can't get a job. Probably not even going. Mm-hmm. The shame and guilt associated with it to like, what if they do a Google check on me? Right, you know right. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, so, anyways, what I, to Carrie can probably talk a little bit more about like how the back end infrastructure is, but the whole goal for this staffing company is to take the risk off them so that they can give them an opportunity and we'll provide like peer support to that person. Like if they have a drug problem or whatever and they need some accountability with drug testing and stuff, we'll do all that. We'll do whatever we have to do to make that person successful so that employer, after a certain amount of time, will take them on fully into their company. Man, it sounds like a great deal. Now, is, is there anything, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is there anything that benefits the employer that wants to take on these if we risky people, if you will? Is there any benefit for the employer to go through your program, this F5 project? Yeah, so, you know, we when we're working on this, you know, I come from an HR background. So, you know, I, I put it in the mind, myself in the mindset of, well, if I was doing this and if, and if I had to present it to, like, the CEO to, to say, can we, is this something that we can do? You know, what are these different things that we can, you know, put in place to help them make that decision? And I think, like Adam was touching on, a lot of the risk associated with it will fall back on us, you know, from an HR personnel side of things, you know, all of that. So, you know, if for whatever reason, you know, something happens, you know, they don't have to worry about all of the unemployment claims or anything associated with that. But then on the next step of that, too, um, there's worker opportunity tax credits um, through the federal government. Um, there's a lot of, you know, red tape, of course, government associated um, that you have to do in order to apply for the credits and, and get that. Um, so uh, part of the process with that is when they bring this person on, I'll help them fill out and take care of all that, uh, all of that stuff mm-hmm. so that they can literally just, you know, um, get the, the they, they send a document, um, the state sends a, a document to them. They put it and attach it with their, with their taxes, and it literally takes the money, you know, 
tax credit right mm-hmm. off right mm-hmm. off the bottom line. They're saving money there. Um, and then there's also uh, the federal fidelity bonding program um, that is offered through, it's the federal government, but the state kind of manages it. Um, so when they bring that employee on at the end of the trial period, I'll take care of all of that for them too so that um, they're covered. You mm-hmm. know, And again, to try to help reduce their risk exposure um, because business is in business to, you know, yeah, make money, of course, you know, but um, I think there's a lot of people that want to help and, and want to give people, you know, a, a chance to, to really show what they can do. But, um, you know, there is that stigma, that risk associated with it. And so by putting all these different, you know, steps in place, we're helping, you know, I feel to really, you know, mitigate that mm-hmm. risk and then also provide a financial back um, through bonding and through worker opportunity tax credits back to them. So there's opportunity actually for uh, employers to really take advantage of numerous things. Um, hopefully getting good employees, uh, the tax credits, the whole bit. Um, I, I tell you what, we're, we're going to talk about, um, I was looking at your website earlier, and we're going to talk about some stats here in, in just a minute. And some of these might surprise you listeners out there. But if uh, you're one of those people, you know, kind of a procrastinator, maybe uh, putting off that remodel or something new around your house long enough, uh, get a hold of Executive Properties. They do incredible work. If you call them, 701-330-1273. I mean, they do everything, all types of commercial and residential work, everything from kitchens and bathrooms to cabinets, trim and tile, to doors, siding, and concrete. These guys got it going on. Uh, if you want to find out more about them, uh, you can go to their website. Uh, it's a great website, and uh, that is executiveproperties.org. Or if you want, you can also uh, go on to uh, Facebook and Google and check out the reviews. they got some great pictures on there, the work they've done. Uh, they do awesome stuff. Over 30 years' experience, Barry Romo's got that crew um, cruise going strong, uh, and they do snow removal too. So if you need uh, you know that driveway clean this winter, get a hold of them, Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. I think he also had something up that he's, uh, he's also hiring. Yeah, I think I, I saw something there. So get on his website again, executiveproperties.org. Uh, the last time I saw, it looked like they were looking for a little bit of help, and I'm sure they're looking for some snow removal help too. Uh, back with Kerry Longmire and Adam Martin uh, talking about the F5 project of North Dakota, uh, second chance employment. Now, I was looking at the website, and it said uh, 88% of incarcerated males and 100% of incarcerated females in North Dakota have a history of substance abuse. Now, when you think about that, it makes sense. Right. Um, you know, it, it's not like it was back when I was in my 20s. Uh, there's so many different things out there now that people are abusing. And once you start, I mean, some of these drugs out there now, meth and, and, and some of these, once you start, once you're into it, things are not going to go uphill for you. They're right. going to go downhill. Right. And pretty soon you end up behind bars. Yep. This is a lot of it is about substance abuse. Right. Well, and I think there's a lot of justice reform around that too, because you know I think Biden was talking about it in uh, you know his discussions, you know about uh, you know the war against drugs, you know instead, and and people who were you know convicted of drug crimes or different things like that, they send them to prison. Mm-hmm. When in, essentially is that what they really need, you know? And and a lot of these people that got sent to prison. Uh, were for like petty marijuana crimes, right. uh, which it, I mean, that's a whole different show. But I still think that these, you know, especially if you're a first se- or second or third time offender or whatever, the three strikes thing, it could be a small amount of marijuana. 
uh, you you might not even be selling it or whatever. But don't you think that prisons should be for people that are and, and, and don't take this wrong or maybe I'm putting it wrong, but for real criminals. Yeah, violence, uh, a lot of these I just offenders, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and well, and I think the the fact of the matter is too though is that alcohol and drugs changes people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it changes the chemistry of your of everything. Yep. You know, so the even potentially violent offenders, you know, or mm-hmm. people that have done different things like that. I mean, the root cause could ultimately be traced back to some sort of addiction or mm-hmm. some sort of uh, chemical usage during the committed the, the, the time they were committing the crime mm-hmm. you know there's also um, i mean so even like in the times that we're living in now with covid and everything i mean there people could be really struggling exactly you know they can't feed their family because they're unemployed or something so they go to try and steal a tv to to get some food on the table and like you said i mean then then that's on their record forever and you know it was probably for they thought in the time that they were just doing it for, to you know, for a good yeah. I mean, do a bad thing for a good reason right. kind of type of deal. Um, another stat that really got me: sixty-seven uh, percent of released state prisoners were arrested for a new crime within three years, seventy-six point seven percent within five years, and eighty-nine percent of these people did not have a job at the time. It's got to start there, I would think, because. For one thing, you finally get a job. You didn't think you were going to be able to get one. You get one, and you've got more more reasons now to not go back. But this is where you guys really come in because when you look at those stats, I think they're astounding. 89% of these people did not have a job at the time that they were uh, reincarcerated again. And, and, and that's those are huge numbers. Yeah, so, I mean, think about it. Like Housing is by far, in my opinion, the most important. Mm-hmm. But you can't get housing without a job. Right, so it's kind of like the cart before the horse when you get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Right, you get out of prison, you don't have any money. Now you got to get a job. You got to find a safe place to go. And there's transitional centers, and FI Project has houses and stuff. But it didn't used to be that way, right? So now we have like a 67 percent going back within three years, mainly because of the war on drugs and legislation, hiring more cops. Right, you hear it all the time with like with even with COVID. It was like the reason our numbers are high is because we're testing more, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'd make the same argument as the reason that crime is high is because we're arresting more. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get you get a sworn-in officer who has to follow the law, and he can't be graceful. Mm-hmm. He finds someone with the marijuana on him or a drug addict who's struggling with his mental health, and he's using meth, and that's literally his only release mm-hmm. that he has in his life because he's constantly in survivor mode, being homeless, not having a job, not being able to see his kids. I mean, it's only a matter of time before someone snaps when your life is completely completely not going your way luckily most of those people when they snap decide to start using rather than being violent or suicide or whatever not that those things aren't problems but most people are going to jail or prison for drugs so that's like the cycle Mm -hmm. right and then they get out and then they try to find a job they don't get it they can't find a place to live so they go to the trap where they hook up with their drug dealer by far more women have probably bigger issues with this because it's way easier for them to like, you know, go back to negative resources mm-hmm. because it's readily available to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is where the, the sex trafficking comes in. This is where, you know, pay for drugs with sex, you know, all that stuff. It, like when you, you feel like that's your identity because the system constantly is not letting you have grace or opportunity, mm-hmm. you're going to live that way. Yep. Right? So it, what do, how do we change that? We do second chance hiring. We give people a job on the benefit of the doubt. We house them without question, no red tape. Get the government out of it. 
Like the government should just pay for it and stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the only way we're going to fix this is employment, housing, and peer support. And, and you know, a lot of these people say they're uh, incarcerated for uh, felony theft or, or uh, felony DUIs or something like that. It, it And a lot of them, it's because they were messed up yep. when they went and did this. I mean, especially the DUI, that's obvious. But a lot of these people wouldn't be stealing if they weren't uh, suffering from some type of addiction. That or have a good job. Mm-hmm, right. How many people you know that make really good money are going out and stealing bikes? Right, right. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't happen. I mean, I, I don't want to laugh unless at that. It's not funny. Yeah, but. Unless you're Winona Ryder. Yeah. Right? Like, then it's just, it's just an addiction. So. So, so these people, and I saw there was a UCLA study. It, it's really all about stigma. Uh, you kind of nailed it. Um, when these people are, even if they're in a trial period or a probational period, if you find them employment now, um, and you had mentioned that people with degrees are probably worse than people without, but there's well, a, I wouldn't say it like well, that. not quite like that. <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean, but yeah, yeah. this is what I'm going to get at. There's a study from Northwestern University I see on, on your website. It reports that people with criminal records are no more likely to be fired for misconduct than people who don't have a record. Yep. So there's, there's, no difference if anything it might be a little bit better because they know what they left behind them and they don't want to go back to that yeah exactly i was just going to say that you know there's actually studies that show that um your if employers open up and start doing second chance employment opportunities that their turnover rates are reduced Mm -hmm. because there's a a loyalty to that that company because they gave them a shot you know Mm -hmm. they people i would say i mean we all know like i mean you know, my friends tell me I'm, you know, uh, I'm ever the, the optimist, you know, but um, I would say that most people want to be good and do good in the mm-hmm. world, you know, uh, and if given the opportunity to do so, you know, and so, you know, an employer gives them an opportunity that perhaps others hadn't, mm-hmm. they're going to be more loyal to that, that employer, and they're going to stay longer, sure. and they're going to work harder because they know if they don't what the alternative is. You know, right. they've already hit the bottom. Mm-hmm. They already know what, you know, the negative is. Well, you it know? comes down to leadership too. Right? Okay. Like are you going to work for a company that's just gonna tokenize you? Right? Are you the felon guy at the office or are you part of the culture? You know what I mean? Right. Like, my when I went to work at High Point, my boss like he built trust with me first before he started busting my balls. Yeah, yeah. You know well, what that's I mean? you got to earn respect back and forth. Yes, and know how that works. It's things are different. And what what got me when you said uh, people call you an optimist uh, or you're optimistic. Now, I would think that would be a hard part of say you've got somebody that that just did some time, uh, and I would imagine they're probably more pessimistic than they are optimistic. Is that one of the first things you have to do is change their attitude or do a lot of them come out and say, I know I did wrong. This is what I got to do to turn my life around. Help me. I would say it's both. You know what I mean? There's some out there that are probably, you know, they've had, uh, you know, it, you know, going back to childhood. You know what I mean? You could probably see there's been a history of abuse or addiction or whatever in, in the whole system. So, I mean, I would imagine there's some that have like that attitude where the world is against me mm-hmm. and there's just, that's, it's just what I've been dealt and I'm going to have to deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I mean, through this, you know, I, we can offer hope, yep. you know, that there is an alternative and that there are people that will like believe in them yep. and, and 
advocate and push for this. You know, and, and the thing is, once you, you had a felony, uh, if you've had a felony and, and it stays on the record, the funny thing is, uh, when we talk about the stigma, people will say, well, you had a felony. See it right there on the, on the application. Uh, odds are, the person reading that application, and I'm going to say these are probably pretty good odds, have probably done something in their life which would have warranted a felony. But, you know, there's that old saying, nothing's illegal unless you get caught. And so a lot of these people that are not hiring because they see that uh, maybe it's a convicted felon, they're not any better. Right. Right. Like you said, said, they just automatically assume the worst. Like you see felon on there and it's like, oh, geez, I mean, you know, who did he kill? Yeah. Or something along those lines when it could just be money. He could have stole five hundred and one dollar, you know, or, or whatever. And there's um, it, a federal initiative, actually, with many employers, and many states have already and uh, uh, banned the box, you know. But there's a, literally a ban the box initiative uh, federally, um, and more and more states are, are allowing it and making it illegal, where you know employers can ask those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't just you know because of that reason, like oh, just because I checked the box, you're automatically counting me out. Well, what if that was 20 years ago? Right, or, right. You know what I mean? Just because I check a box doesn't mean I'm not worthy and not mm-hmm. capable of this position. And, you know, you know? When, when I mentioned um, a lot of people in prison, which I don't think maybe necessarily need to be, uh, because I still think there are way worse criminals that should be taking up these jail cells. But in North Dakota, I think I read in your, in your uh, website, it's like $100 a day to keep a criminal in jail. Okay, say if you're only doing, uh, even if you do six months, how much money does that cost when maybe they shouldn't even be in there in the first place, and they could be out working and being productive, like they want to be. Well, I would yeah. say that's the majority of people. Right? Mm-hmm. So we had like pre pre detention, right? So pre trial, mm-hmm. you know, people who couldn't make bail, right? So let's say, you know, let's say we all made good money. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know where any of us stand, but like we make good money, we get a DUI, we go to jail, and my bail's five hundred bucks, thousand bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Bail out. Three weeks later, I go to court. They put me on probation. No prison sentence, no jail sentence, right? The vast majority of people that are sitting in jail right now, 75% of them probably, are sitting there because they couldn't pay a $500 bail. Yeah. And then they just go to court three weeks later and just get let out. That three weeks is just as punitive or, let me say, has just as much collateral damage as serving two years in prison. Yeah. Right? Because you can you go three weeks without working? Can you not pay your rent? Can you, you know what I mean? Can your kids go three weeks without having their mom there? Right? Like it just completely destroyed for something you weren't even going to go to jail for. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so having more pretrial release programs, having 24-7 programs like a bracelet rather than going to jail. Like I'm not a big fan of monitoring like that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of anti-monitoring. Yep. You know, maybe very libertarian that way. Yep. Uh, But it's better than sitting in jail. Sure. And, yeah. and, and if you know you did the crime, and you know you do the crime, you do the time thing, how can these people, say if you don't put a monitor on them, how can they be held accountable then? Do they come and check in with you every day, or is it by phone? or Are there any good answers for that? Yeah, I think it all comes down to, I mean, you've probably heard it a thousand times, people don't want help until they want help. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so anything that we try to do to like force them to ask us for help or force them to be accountable or whatever, I think it just creates more collateral damage. Okay. Right? We need to create something so sexy that when they do get out of jail or they whatever, that they reach out and ask for help. Right. Like it's the same way with tech sales. Like the why did I buy uh, this wireless access point over this one? Well, the features were better. 
the the brand name, the whatever. We don't have like F, until F five project came along, most people didn't have a place that they could go that was like that looked sexy to them. What makes us different than everyone else? We used to be in the shoes. Right, we're like the popular kids that were in high school that got in some trouble, mm-hmm. and everybody likes. And then we came back, and now we're helping the kids stay out of trouble. Okay, what, you know what I mean. What uh, is F five? Does that stand for something? Yeah, it's a double, double meaning, double entendre. It's uh, the F five on the keyboard, so refresh. Oh, and oh. then I had five felonies on my record when I started it. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And back to that that box too. I mean, just. Uh, something that happened to me. So I, I was applying to be uh, the general manager for a company and on the application it said, have you ever been convicted and, and all that stuff? And I put no. And because my driving record and everything was, was clear. Uh, but they called back and they weren't going to give me the job because they said that I lied on my application that I had never been convicted of something. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you had a DUI. You have a DUI on your record. I was like, that was 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are you seriously like you, like we're gonna we're gonna have this discussion about me not getting this job that I'm more than qualified for because you found something that was on my record from 19 years right. ago, right. right? And so the re, the like that's a really good point because there's a book out right now called We Are All Criminals, and you would think by like at its first like it's gonna be stories like that, like 19 years ago, five years ago, but it's not. It's the flip. It's what it's people who didn't get caught. And they come and they're very transparent about something they did in their past and how different their life would be today had they been caught, mm-hmm. right? These guys are like bank CEOs. And yeah. Like a lot of them are anonymous because if they did get found out or whatever, they same thing would happen to them. So if, you, if anyone's listening to, to like anything I have to say, get that book, We Are All Criminals, because right now one in four people in America have a criminal record. And this book shows that it should be more like four Okay. Or four out of four. Yeah. If we were caught. Sure. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. Now, is there any way uh, the F5 project can work with the judicial system? Say, um, can you show up at drug court and kind of like hang around and, and, and work with judges, attorneys, prosecuting attorneys, whatever, and say, look, your honor, uh, this is who we are. We think we can help these guys instead of putting them in jail is there any way you guys can do something like that? Yeah. So in the in this uh, the perspective like juvenile justice, we mm-hmm. don't do much in the, that system, right? But everything that you just said, we already do in adult justice. Okay. Like we go to the drug court, uh, you know, uh, when they have session or whatever, we peer support a lot of guys that are in those programs. We have contracts with the state of North Dakota to respond to people who are coming out of jail. And oh, prison. okay. Yeah, we're. I mean, I have thirty people that work for me across the state of North Dakota, like. The only major city that we're not in is like Williston. Okay. You know, but the rest of them, you know, Minot, Dickinson, Jamestown, mm-hmm. Bismarck, we got employees there that basically they just sit by and, and you know, wait for people to show up at the office or they're going out and looking for people in the jails. We had 17 institution meetings a month all over, Wow, you know, where we went in and taught entrepreneurship, job skills, job readiness, you know, peer support, recovery services, all that stuff. So the jails and prisons in North Dakota, they all know about you guys. Yeah. And so, I mean, right there, I would think that they would think, you know what, there is hope. This is something I can look forward to instead of just thinking I'm just going to rot away in, in this cell. So, I mean, that's even... I would think that that would be an incentive for a lot of these guys, knowing 
that there is help when I get done. You're, they're not just going to kick me off the door and I'm going to take off walking and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to stay. I would think it would be such a relief for these guys and girls, ladies, to know that there is something like you guys available. Yeah, I, and most people know you know who we are or whatever, like in the justice system, mm-hmm. in the jails, in the prisons and stuff like that. And, you know, the reason that we're like here today is because like that one missing Pete. So for the last four years since I started at five, employment has consisted of uh, I heard that this company is hiring. You should go over there and apply. Right. Or employers calling and saying, hey, if you got anybody, anybody just send them over. So for the last four years, it's just been really referral based and no one's really focused on it. Mm-hmm. And I know from experience, like if you want change, you got to create a business and you got to focus on it mm-hmm. 100% of the time. So that's why we're partnering with Longmire staffing services uh, so that someone is like 100% focusing on it. They can start making some better money than, you know, I know most people that have came through our houses that are making better money than they were when they were selling drugs. I would actually make the argument that 100% of them are. Right. Because if you do the lifelong, like, you know, uh, like look at it lifelong mm-hmm. and see uh, most of those guys that are like major drug dealers, by the end of it, we're only making minimum wage. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? You sure. add the jail times into it, the prison times, the, you the know, use the of your product. Of, right. Yeah. The amount of work that you actually had to put, put in or whatever. And now they're coming and getting like, I've helped two guys that have came through our program start businesses. One of them's Dakota Property Services, and he's killing it. Yeah, yep. He is all over the map doing lawn care, leaf removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just got, uh, you know, we gave him a was donor that, came. Is that up. Raleigh? What was that? Is that Raleigh? No, his name's Dan Coleman. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something. Yeah, the, the, he actually reached out to us once, but yeah, and did yeah, I believe it was him. I think I have a business card. Actually, I think he gave it to my wife. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, because well, he's doing so well, he wants to advertise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. Well, you yeah. just got some free advertisement. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, like watching people become owners of their life, right? Like when you, like I took care of my apartment, but when I bought my house, like my me and my family took care of it, mm-hmm. right? When I started a business, I showed up to work probably three times more than when I was an employee. Sure. Right. So if we can find ways for people to like get ownership of their lives right because they're used to asking people to go to the bathroom they're used right. to wearing other people's boxers mm-hmm. you know what i mean so a lot of that identity comes out with them you know and like building confidence with your job with your family whatever that's going to be the game changer and the one way you can do that is surround him with people who are felons that did that yeah um carrie are, are there are you tied in with a lot of the local businesses that know about this, the F5 project, and, and are they on like um, their, their speed dial or you're on their speed dial where they, they will call you up and say, hey, look, here's what I'm looking for. Can you, can you fill these positions for me? Or uh, do people even know that this is going on? Yeah, I, I would say we just have, you know, this is something Adam and I have been working kind of in the background on. Um, and so, you know, there's all those, you know, website development, all those types of things. And so really we, this is really our, our kind of notice, mm-hmm. um, and our, you know, letting people know that there is this resource out here now. Um, you know, and so, um, no, they don't know that second chance, there's a second chance staffing, um, in North Dakota. Um, and so, um, 
Yeah, this is us getting the word out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I know there's a lot of people looking for employers right, right. now, or employees right now. Now, this has all got to cost something. Uh, how is this project even funded, you guys? Yeah, so we're, we're handling the funding um, that way, payroll funding, things like that. Um, and then, you know, as employees are hired through us, you know, the employer will pay us, um, you know, their... Uh, the, the wages that way. Um, and then, uh, you know, the proceeds, anything of the proceeds that are coming, that portion of that's going right back into F5 then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, F5 can, you know, really um, keep doing the amazing things that they're doing, you know. Um, we don't do partnerships lightly, right? Like if you look across any of our blogs and stuff, we've never, maybe one other company we've partnered with, and that was down home, like another what they do is furnish apartments like mm-hmm. when the guys move in because mm-hmm. there's only been a couple times I really felt lonely and it was like when I went to my cell and when I got my first apartment and it was empty. Yep. You know what I mean? So like down home comes in and like furnishes them. Makes it more so of a home. Makes it a home, right? And so that was our first partnership and this is our second one in four years. And the reason why is because there's incentive for us. Like once we get people jobs, like Carrie is like, the partnership with us is she's going to put money back into F5 project. Mm-hmm. So it's in our best interest, right, to get as many people in and get them working for multiple reasons, for their kids, for their own self-being, right, for the overall overall health of F5 project, right? Like you're just going to see a lot of awesome things come out here in the next couple of years with this. Awesome. Uh, you guys are doing This is a great thing. Uh, by the way, thanks, everybody that's watching the show right now. Uh, we do have a question from Kaylee. Uh, can someone come to you? if they are struggling to get sober in order to find a job, but are also suffering with mental health issues. Yeah. So at F5 project, and even if you guys somehow got a hold of Carrie, like Carrie would know where to direct that to with us. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a person on staff who is our mental health, like advocate lead person. Her, her issue is that she was struggling with bipolar disorder, couldn't get medication. She couldn't get insurance and she figured out a way to like navigate through the system to get stable. And now she's like one of my best staff. Right. And she's out helping people find jobs. She's out, uh, you know, helping them navigate through the health, you know, the healthcare system Mm -hmm. to get the right services and psychology and, you know, all that stuff, uh, psychiatry. And so, uh, yeah, I would prefer, like, if you're, like, trying to get sober, trying to get stable, they show up to F5 Project, and we help help stabilize you. And then once that happens, then we'll refer you over to Carrie, and she'll, you know, full bore ahead, help you find a job. And I think that's what's key, I think, which and which why this partnership is so cool. Um, because it is a, literally a 365, like, support system for the employees. I mean, they're going to get... You know, Adam and F5 are plugged into, you know, the addiction resources, the, um, you know, he's connected with parole and probation, the drug courts, you know, all of those different services that someone might need, you know. Um, And so, you know, and then on the same side of that, when they become, you know, an employee, our goal is to have, you know, weekly, um, you know, check-ins with these with with all of our employees where we're talking about um you know and that's the hr side of that that you know those job skills those key job skills that you need um those you know those types of things um you know so it's a full 360 support so that when the employee is going to the employer you know they're like in the best position to do a you know an amazing job mm-hmm. for them you know yeah, because we would they be... have the whole 
the whole thing encompassing. We would be like the real cultured HR department. Okay. Right. That's how I see it is like when you have an issue, if you're working at one of the companies that we're, you know, we contract with and you have an issue with like wanting to use or your mental health struggles, like you just reach out to Carrie and Adam. Right. And we'll work and navigate through that because I'll tell you from experience, like I worked at a company one time and I was sober for probably three years. Right. Super under stress, like was thinking about drinking, was struggling with it. Right. And I know for me, like if I go back to that, it's game over. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I went, you know, uh, I went to the. The, I worked at this private company. I went to the lo- you know, the break room, went into the fridge, grabbed a Coca-Cola, went back, and I was just like, just going to sit back and just take a minute, cracked it open, put it to my mouth, and realized as it was sitting in my mouth that it was a Budweiser. Oh. Right? And it freaked me out. Right? I spit it out. I, you know, I didn't even like dump the can. I just kind of set it in the garbage can. And I was just so overwhelmed with like the thoughts and the feelings that came. Like One of them was like, well, you already did it. You might as well go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I called, I called everybody I knew, like, in my phone book. Nobody was answering their phones. I was freaking out, like, and probably making a way bigger deal. But I was in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is life or death for me. And so I go to HR, and I, I, tell, I was like, listen, this is what happened. It, ended, it wasn't a Coke. It was a Budweiser. Like, I'm just, like, racy mind thought, you know, like, telling her. And she's like, oh. I bet it tastes so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Looking back at it now, it's hilarious, right? But in that moment, that could have been anybody. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? That could have been someone who was a month sober, or maybe they were just getting sober. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, how do you respond to that? Like, it did taste good. Mm-hmm. It's literally the nectar of the gods for me. Yeah. Right? And I'm trying to find a way to walk away from it right now in the heat of the moment. Luckily, you know, some people call me back and walked me through it. And I'm still sober to this day. Yeah. You still have your moments? I Do I still think about Where it? Where you think, man, a bush light would be good right now? Man, I'm a raging alcoholic. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm seven years sober. But, I, like, alcohol did for me that nothing in this world has ever done. And it made me feel content like that. Yep. Ten feet tall, bulletproof. You know, and so like whenever uh, like shit's hitting the fan with me mentally or out in the world or whatever, it's my mind always goes back to that one night where I felt fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean? When when you got out uh, done doing your time, was there anything like this to help you? No. And, no, and the closest things they had were like ran by prisons and jails. Yep. Yeah. So basically you just uh, pulled up the boots real tight and you just said this is my mission now. I had a lot of friends in, you know, that I had accumulated over 20 years that were, that were in recovery. And so I reached out to them and it was Mm -hmm. like, listen, I know I've done this a thousand times and I don't know if it's going to be different this time, but I'm willing to try. And the beautiful thing about them is it doesn't matter how many times you try, they're always there for you. And so they just kind of, instead of me, like, because if I would have tried to pull myself up by the bootstraps, I would have looked down and realized I didn't have any boots on. Mm-hmm. No, you sure. Know what I mean? And so I called this dude and he was like, well, just come over. And I walked two and a half hours to his place. I didn't have a car, I didn't have a license, nothing. This is prior to High Point. Like, this is about a week before I got a job at High Point. And, and he was, I was like, will you come pick me up? And he wouldn't. He was like, you know, this is to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's like, start walking. Mm-hmm. And I walked from the bowler in, in, in South Fargo all the way to the airport in North Fargo. Wow. That's where he lived. It took me two and a half hours. My thighs were bleeding, man. I'm fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm chubby. And so I get there, and then he just, as soon as I got there, like, he's like, here's the shower, here's the towel. You're right. I hadn't showered in weeks. 
You know, like that's where I go when I drink is like all self-worth goes out the window and I just sit on a recliner and just drink and drink and drink. And when I got there, like he put me up on his couch, he let me stay there for a few weeks until I could find a, a different place to live that wasn't with like people who were drinking or partying. And then it was game. Then I got my job. So safe housing, got my job, had my peer support network and my life completely changed. Had my kids back. Right, got my my oldest kid. Like I have four kids now. Mm-hmm. Right, I just had a baby daughter like five months ago. I'm not supposed hey, to have. Congratulations! Like, Thank you. It's my first girl, man. I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know and, uh, even what you're talking about too. I mean, I had a bunch of friends that would actually, you know, they would want to go back to jail, like when things got tough, because they knew that by just going to jail that they would, you know, have that. Like, like you said, kind of like a support system there. They knew that they would get fed. They knew that they would have a, a you know, a roof over their head and all that stuff, which I, I just never understood. Well, it's funny it. that because there's people out there that say that there's a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. And there may be a lot of people like that because I'll tell you what, there was times I was locked up and I so bad wanted to just have a good life and like a good, be good mentally, be sober. And there was a thoughts, there was thoughts I had when I was locked up that the only way I'm going to stay sober is if I'm locked up. Mm-hmm. Right. When you get to that point, that's that's a system. Right. That's a that's a worldview. That's a belief that's been pounded into you to where you just like for you to for me, like I surrender to the idea that I'm an alcoholic and I can't ever drink again. Right. When you're saying things like that, when you're locked up, you're surrendering to the idea that this outside force is the only thing that's going to keep you sober. Mm hmm. Right. You've lost all like it's not even ambition at that time. You've lost self-worth. Mm hmm. Another you know. another bad thing about it too is that when you know you're in jail, they provide you with all of your medications. Mm-hmm. So when you get out, then you can't get them, mm-hmm. and so then you yeah, it's just that like tons said, of gaps in the system like that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a text from Christy, Adam, and Carrie. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all you do. And another one from Kaylee. Have you ever worked with an individual that has ended up categorized as unemployable? and help them apply for services like disability or anything like that? Is that something you guys can do too? That's a really good question. So first off, Christy Johnson's my fiance. Okay. And so she's always, well, she doesn't always say I'm amazing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's cool that she is. Uh, Kaylee, I think your question's really, uh, so um, I personally haven't done that, but I know that my team is the type of people that when they're, when they have something in front of them, they'll figure out a way. It's like a new challenge. It's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes if they can't answer it, like there's so many nonprofits and services like in North Dakota that a lot of people don't even know about that. If they don't know about it, they're connected to someone who will. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're interested in sending someone to F5, I don't, per- I personally don't think anyone's unemployable unless they can't move and can't think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so if they need disability, we'll help them navigate through that. But if they can, you know, a lot of people I know on disability have a part-time job or mm-hmm. like something on the side or whatever. Uh, I would, I would venture to guess that they can probably pull it up. But again, this is just off a comment. I don't know the context of the situation. Sure. I would just refer them over. Somebody needs your help, uh, either you, Adam, or you, Carrie. How do they reach out to you? How do they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, so we have a website for all this. Um, we're in the process of it's it's up and it's running, but we're still kind of rolling everything out. Um, so you can actually go to our website. It's Second Chance um, Services. or Oh, my goodness. I forgot about What was it? it oh. Jeez, <laughs> my mind. It's Second Chance Staffing ND. Dot com. Yes, there we go. Second Chance Staffing, North Dakota, but just ND.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so our, our information's there. Um, you know, we'll have a, uh, 
um, an application form up soon for people who, um, you know, are looking for help. Um, and they can apply through there, you know, get into, um, you know, the, the whole process started that way. Um, employers can reach out as well through the website, schedule a one-on-one um, call with myself and Adam or either one of us. Um, happy to walk through the whole uh, process with it. And then F5 also has their, uh, their uh, website. Um, and so, you know, if they are looking for... Uh, you know, some support services from that type of standpoint, they can also reach out to F5 through the yeah. website. So just either, Facebook. I mean, call F5 Project or just show yeah. up to F5. I mean, and if you remember the names, Longmire Staffing Services, Google is is a powerful search engine. Mm-hmm. Right. You could literally put not what you're looking for and it'll find what you're looking for, right? You so. know, we, we all know people that um, they're the kind of people that don't want to ask for help. They don't like help, uh, whether it be an ego thing or a shame thing. But uh, Adam, what do you tell those people? Uh, you've been in the situation. What do you tell these people that are afraid to ask for help because it it might hurt their ego or, or they're shamed about it? What do you tell these people? I bet if Christy's listening right now, she's like, I'm really interested in what Adam's going to say about this because uh, I'm not a, I hate asking for help. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if it's just a human thing or a man thing. I'm sure there's women out there too that hate asking for help. Uh, I just, I hate it. So I'll, I'll usually put as much effort into something, you know, before I'll ask. If I, I like literally have to be at the end of my rope, right? I didn't get sober until I was 31. Mm-hmm. I started trying when I was 18. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it took years and years of punishment for it finally for me to just give up and ask for help. Uh, and so, I, well, and I would say that this is not necessarily asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're, you know, you're entitled. Everybody's entitled mm-hmm. to be able to take care of themselves and financially support themselves, their fa- and their family. It's just a resource. You know, yeah. how did you're just I get using to my network? Yeah, that's how it. How did mm-hmm. I? I mean, I'm not going to work for you. I didn't get <laughs> you know? to where I am in my life without help and support. You know, in, in, you know, family, friends, mentors, things like that. You know, uh, Adam, same thing. You know, you, I'm sure, have mentors and support system, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it, this is. It's not necessarily reaching out for help. It's, a, it's, it's like accessing a support system, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it, I don't think there's any shame to that. Right. And it, it's just when you hear Adam say uh, he started trying to get sober when he was 18 and it took him till he was, what, 31? Yeah. Um, it's just... So other people don't have to go through. That's a long time to struggle with something like that and and finally get over that hump. Uh, You guys do incredible stuff here. Um, I've never heard uh, about what you guys do in in this F5 project until you reached out to us, but um, I'm so glad you did. And and, and is there anything else you guys want to hit on before we, we cut you loose here? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I think is interesting that I think employers would be also um, interested. So we were talking about the federal fidelity bonds. Um, and so when I was doing research into that, and basically the federal fidelity bond is a free bond for employers that they can take um, out. It's a, it's $5,000. So if whatever, you know, there's employee dishonesty mm-hmm. on the part of this this individual, they can put a claim in and and get reimbursed financially for that. So when I was doing research for that, you know, to get this type of thing set up, I actually talked to the gentleman who runs it on the federal level. And he mentioned that there is less than, oh, I can't remember, less than like a 0.3% uh, claim rate on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I mean, so all these federal bonds are going out across the country um, to help secure employment for uh, the formerly incarcerated. And the claims on that because of employee dishonesty is so minimal. So I think that just, again, shows that even though there is, yes, there's this stigma, you know, about it, again, there is not, you know, any higher likelihood of, you know, instances of dishonesty, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, than there is with the general public. Right. It's been the you same know? way with housing, too, because we get people into their own apartments and stuff, and people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to rent him. And we've literally had one case out in the four years, both on my properties and, like, the, the apartment owners and stuff, one cop call. Yeah, four years. We've had no evictions. All rents have always been paid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you you take my 300 people that we've done services for in our houses and you take any random 300 in apartments. Yeah, right. You're not going to find numbers like that. You're not going to find numbers like that. No. Uh, Again, stigma is a huge word. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a huge word. Uh, Boy, Carrie Longmire, Adam Martin. Uh, Longmire Staffing Services, the F5 Project of North Dakota, Second Chance Employment. Uh, you guys do incredible stuff. Keep up the good work, and we're hoping uh, maybe we can get you back on the show again some other time here. Absolutely. Um, I would like to keep being filled in on what you guys are doing because this is an amazing thing. And if you guys need any help, reach out to us too because, uh, this again, I can't say how amazing this is. Wow, what a show. And uh, special thanks going out to Integrity Fundraisers. For bringing you today's show, you know what? Little as two weeks, they can help any school, sports team, youth group, and nonprofits raise money for much-needed funds. They've got these personalized water bottles or mugs with your name and your logo on them. In fact, we've got a couple here in the studios. Uh, they do some really cool laser-engraved drinkware. Uh, they've got barbecue sets, cutting boards, poker gift sets, growlers, flasks, and more. Things for you to make some money. All right. Uh, they'll also help you out with your business cards and any printed brochures. And uh, you know what? They've helped a lot of people. $3 million raised locally. Over 390,000 students served. Uh, they've helped us. They've got over 300 clients. And you know what? They can help you raise some money. Integrity Fundraisers in the Grand Cities Mall. Call them up, 701-402-2171. And again, thanks to Carrie Longmire and Adam Martin. Longmire Staffing Services, the F5 Project of North Dakota. What a great thing. There's still some great people out there, you guys. Hey, we want you to become a Podbean Premium subscriber. Chance for you to win some great prizes. In fact, uh, we'll be talking more about that next week. If you want in on this, just go to your Play Store and download Podbean. Search GFBS. You hit follow, you buy premium, and you are all set. And we are now on Amazon Music. Just tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast. And we're looking for your five-star reviews on Google, too. Well, I tell you what, uh, come Monday, David Waterman from the Midwest Public Health Coalition is back. Good luck to all of you deer hunters out there. Make sure you stay safe and have a great weekend, everybody. And remember to like, share, and tag us, all right? We're Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again.